This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby will be back on Monday. So I'd like to pick up where we left off yesterday when we were speaking with geriatrician Dr. Samir Sinha and bioethicist Dr. Carrie Bowman who both enlightened us with the real reasons as to why so many people 60 and over have yet to get the first dose of COVID vaccine. Dr. Sinha revealed 90% of people 75 and over want a vaccine, but there are too many barriers to get it. And Dr. Bowman outlined that the messaging around older people is that they've had their chance to get vaccinated and it's no longer their turn. So please, if you're 60 or over and have not received your first dose of vaccine because of challenges and barriers you haven't been able to overcome, we want to hear from you. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're going to continue the conversation now with Toronto City Councillor Josh Matlow, who represents Ward 12, Toronto, St. Paul's. Councillor Matlow, welcome. It's good to be with you, Jane. For those who haven't heard, bring us up to speed on your proposal for vaccine registration. Well, in fact, you just mentioned Dr. Samir Sinha. Uh, So, you know, he and I, along with a number of other public health experts, have uh, written to the Premier and the Minister of Health, along with Ontario's science table, requesting that they implement now a pre-registration opportunity for Ontonians to register to get their vaccine. Uh, the reason we believe this is important is because you know, there seems to be sort of two general camps in the province. There are people who uh, are just, you know, confused by the rollout. They they hear things like a, a shutdown versus a lockdown versus red versus gray, etc., and sometimes tune out, uh, which is not a good thing. There are many others who are very tuned in, who are anxious, who, who, who can't wait to get their, their vaccine, both because they want to be safe, but they also want to keep others safe and they want to help end the pandemic. Uh, but they're often confused about where to go, when their turn will po- come, if they're in a hot spot, if they're at the right age, etc. So what this will do is allow any Ontario, if we have a pre-registration opportunity, to just go online or by phone, whatever is accessible to them, and register. And that means that they immediately will have an acknowledgement that they're on the list and that when the phase arrives, that their time is has arrived, they will get a notification with relevant information about where to go and what to do. That will not only provide some comfort uh, to, to many people's mental health right now who are understandably anxious about when and how they'll get a shot, which is the confusion is a deterrent as well. But also for the government, rather than rely on polls uh, and, and other types of, uh, you know, kind of data that may not be as, as informative, uh, it'll give real information, real data on where the interest is. It could contribute to the uh, supply management and distribution, along with, uh, importantly, uh, indicators on where uh, there's vaccine hesitancy and where there needs to be more action taken to address that, that, that concern as well. So there's a number of different reasons, uh, but we believe that it's important to do. And, and frankly, there are many other jurisdictions that are doing this. We, we wish that Ontario would act on it. Dr. Sinha, who you mentioned there we had on yesterday, is among yes. the physicians who've endorsed your proposals. He did talk about it briefly. Yeah. Why, how are you getting, uh, or I guess why is the better question, why are you <laughs> getting the backing of these doctors? Why do they like the idea? Because it makes sense. Um, you know, there, there are a number of ideas that we've brought forward uh, together, whether it be this, whether it be um, having, um, you know, standby opportunities when clinics uh, uh, have not, uh, you know, given out their capacity during the, a given day. There's a number of sort of intuitive uh, evidence-based initiatives that we're, that we're asking the government to consider. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of support out there because people, uh, you know, who... who uh, I'm not. I'm not here to criticize the government, but I'm just. I think it's fair to say that there's just been so much confusion that people want intuitive, common sense ideas to move forward to provide a more orderly and understandable uh, 
uh, way to uh, to roll out the vaccine. Councillor Matlow, do is the infrastructure in place to execute on your proposal? It wouldn't be that complicated. We're, we're asking them to use existing systems uh, to to simply just provide another option uh, for a pre-registration. Uh, uh, th- this is a matter of uh, IT getting to work. It's not uh, creating a whole new, you know, a whole new system itself. Of course, the infrastructure is there. And and again, I, I sort of alluded to, uh, you know, let's put it this way: as 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 I think, uh, as intuitive as as this idea is, it's not actually that novel. It's being used so many other places in so many jurisdictions that. You know, in the midst of a public health emergency, yes, I think that that we can figure out how to use the phone and 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 the website and make it work. Well, interestingly, this idea um, is is sort of in the whole free for all of of trying to get a COVID vaccine. So, for those of us fifty five and older, I got my AstraZeneca vaccine eleven days ago. But prior to that, thank you. Uh, yeah. Prior to that, I did register at a number of sites like Shoppers, Rexall, etc. And up getting mm-hmm. it at an independent pharmacy, but it, it, they had a pre-registration at Rexall. They had a pre-registration yep. at Costco, and they had a pre-registration at Shoppers, yeah. and they have all since reached out to me um, to see if I want to get my vaccine. So <laughs> you're basically, uh, uh, you're proposing this, but on a much wider scale. Yeah, and, and, a, and a simple one-stop shop. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Some of the pharmacies have done remarkable work, and they should be commended for what they've done. Uh, but it's, it's, it really is so ad hoc and so piecemeal over the place that it is confusing for people. And as you know, and I, I, I take a lot of guidance from Dr. Sumir Sinha and, you know, I, I, and, and Nathan Stahl and, and, and others, uh, who, you know, there, there are real challenges right now with respect to, uh, accessing homebound residents. And as you were alluding to earlier, there, there yeah, I think there are seniors, uh, in our, in our city, in our communities who sometimes they're not so-called vaccine hesitant, but they may not just, you know, put put the work into figuring out how to get the vaccine if it is too cumbersome. There are those, uh, you know, there are individuals who have cognitive challenges or mobility challenges that we need to go to them rather than wait for them to go to us. But of course, the supply uh, uh, challenges, uh, you know, make it more difficult to get as many mobile vaccination units out there as we want to. So we're, we're pushing on all of these ideas. It's not, there's no one magic idea. This idea is one important contribution, but there's a number of things that happen, have to happen all at the same time to make it, uh, to make it work. And, and that's what we're advocating for. Councillor Matlow, we do have some Zoomer radio listeners who want to get in on the conversation, and you have just addressed uh, uh, the idea that older Ontarians, it's not that they they haven't gotten their shots because they're just not booking appointments, it's because they literally cannot find a way to book an appointment. Let's go to the phones now. The numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Kathy in Toronto, what's your story? Hi, Kathy. Hi. Um, So my mother, uh, she'll be 86, uh, homebound. Um, she hasn't received her vaccination yet. Um, the Lynn has put her on the homebound uh, list. So she was placed on the list not March 18th. Now, previous to this, she's always gotten the flu shot at home, the same reason for being homebound. So I assumed that there was a system in place and that the people, you know, they already had the names. And, and since they were doing the flu shots previously, this should be easy for the COVID vaccination. So she's on there. No one called me. I was told that I would call to, somebody would call me to these in advance. Now, Councillor Matlow mentioned that we need to go to them rather than coming to us. Yes. Now, these seniors, they're, they're on the list. When you call EMS and you ask them, when exactly is that happening? Can you give me just a time frame? I get that the, it could be anywhere from weeks to months. Uh, they tell me that first I get that there's 3,000 on the list, then there was 5,000 on the list, then I call again, well, we do five a day, which didn't make any sense to me, then again, well, we do 20 a day. Whether they do five a day, that'll take them two years to get to the homebound person. If they do 20 a day, that'll still take them one year. So we are really failing these people who have no choice. So, Kathy, even though you've pre-registered your mom, you have no idea when this phone call is coming. Councillor Matlow, what's your response to that? Well, you know, the... um I don't. I don't think that with you know, the, just the lack of predictability uh, with the supply, uh, 
Well, actually, uh, I, excuse me, I did ask them. I called them and I said to them, the supply is low. Does that mean that it will be mm-hmm. delayed? And they said, no, not yet. We still have enough vaccine for them. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, Kathy, obviously I can't speak for the specific people who, who, uh, who you spoke with. I just I can't, I can't understand what, what went through their minds when they spoke with you directly. But I do know in general, and, I, and I'm, I'm really just speaking in general, Kathy, obviously, because I just don't know your specific circumstance, that you know, the, 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 the supply is an actual challenge. I, I was just speaking with Dr. Andy Smith at, uh, at Sunnybrook the other day, and he, you know, it is a real concern. That being said, and that's why it is, it is unpredictable to know exactly when everyone will have exactly their turn. That being said, though, there should be more predictability when it comes to people being able to pre-register and then have notification about when their turn is or who's going to come to them. Right. And that's just missing right now, which is leaving people like Kathy and so many other Ontarians feeling like, to say it very simply, I can't imagine anything more anxiety-provoking, more stressful when you're trying to get your loved ones healthy and safe, and you are you feel like you're being left in the dark. Yeah, and what, 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 what we're advocating for towards the province is that not only there be a more orderly system, but for people like Kathy and others, there be a system that provides more surety and just, just you can sort of you can put down the phone, you can, you can turn off the computer and just breathe knowing that you will get a notification at the very moment that you should be. And you don't have to struggle to figure out who to call next. We'd like to know if you're 60 and over and have not received your first dose of COVID vaccine, why? Numbers to call 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Another minute or two here with Councillor Matlow. We'll take one more call. Margot in Coburg, go ahead. Yes, um, uh, good afternoon, Jane. I I called you on Friday. Uh, I live in Coburg, Ontario, and I've been trying for eight days uh, to book a a vaccine, and it's impossible. Like, all of the clinics around here, are they tell me they're totally booked. I finally found a booking, though, but it's in Lindsay, Ontario. Oh, I remember, yes. It's about two hours away, and I, I took it. And I'm going to take a dry run on Tuesday to see if I can find Lindsay. But that's, I have to travel two hours out of my area in order to get it. And remind me, sorry, Margo, how old are you? I'm 68. You're 68. So there's somebody, oh, Councillor Matlow, who uh, should really have had the shot at least a, a week or two ago. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, Margo is the reason that I'm optimistic that the pandemic will come to an end. The fact that the fact that she's willing to do that, to drive two hours to get her vaccine, uh, is uh, both uh, both responsible and incredibly commendable. Um, however, um, that this is the concern. We shouldn't be uh, leaving people sort of in the dark, wondering how and when, uh, especially when they are demonstrating interest, how mm-hmm. you know, Margot is willing to go as far as she's going to. Not everyone's going to put in that effort. These people have their own life challenges, and there also is a level of frustration that people meet. Uh, I can tell you my office and I have been actively trying to get mobile uh, vaccination clinics. Uh, by the way, with you know, I've I also been working with Dr. Samir Sinha, Dr. Nathan Stoll, and others on these kind of initiatives on trying to get clinics out to what we call NORCs, uh, naturally occurring retirement communities, where there are entire buildings. They, they may be they're not the traditional congregate care settings like uh, long-term care homes or retirement homes, but there are many buildings in Toronto, for example, and I'm sure in cities throughout Ontario, where just the, the preponderance of residents are seniors. There's a lot of seniors there. And, uh, and, and, you know, and many of them either aren't going to drive two hours, like Margot just said, or uh, some will have cognitive board mobility challenges of various types. So why wouldn't we just go and make it easy for them? Because the more accessible it is, the closer we will be to ending this pandemic. Let's just get get these these shots to people's arms. You sent a letter. Uh, we talked about your proposal to have everybody in the province pre-registered and yes. then to be communicated with accordingly. Uh, you sent yes. the letter to Premier Doug Ford and Health Minister Christine Elliott, members of the province's science advisory table. Any response? Well, it, it was just a day ago, so I, or a couple days ago, so uh, we have not heard a response yet. But, um, you know, I... I, I, I have criticized the government when there have been times to criticize them. This initiative is a nonpartisan, genuine effort 
to get the government to run with something that we believe is in the best interest of Ontarians. And I just want to say this very publicly, and this will come to a surprise uh, to those uh, of you who've heard me speak about the Premier before, because I have criticized him before. If he runs with this, and if he does this, I and I think the rest of us would get up and applaud him. Yes. It's the right thing to do. And I, we are encouraging him to do so. Well, good luck with your program and your proposal. The fact that you've been backed by the likes of Dr. Samir Sinha, I hope that bodes well for getting everybody in the province registered. Absolutely. And I, I have a lot of respect for my public health expert colleagues who I work with. And, you know, the work that I do is really guided by the knowledge that they that they have. So I really appreciate that. And we thank you as Torontonians for the extra effort. Uh, Councillor Matlow, appreciate your time. Oh, you, yours too. Thanks, Jane. Stay well. You too. Councillor Josh Matlow represents Ward 12, Toronto, St. Paul's. It's Jane for Libby here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. And our next guest, and we will get to your phone calls, the lines are jammed to talk about your own experience in trying to get the vaccine. We'll go to biostatistician Ryan Imgrund now. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll get to all of the vaccine stuff in a moment. I just, because you're a numbers guy, uh, today's COVID case number is getting close to 5,000. Help us understand what is happening. Yeah, so I think the first thing to keep in mind is that the cases we release on any given day were simply cases where we had a positive test. We don't necessarily know when those cases were actually transmitted, when the symptom onset was, when everything else like that has been done. But I've had a chance to analyze that data, and what I've found is that primarily the cases being released today are from that Easter long weekend. Uh, that Easter long weekend had a reproductive rate of 1.3. Now, what, what does that mean? It means that 100 cases leads to 130 cases in just four days. If we had a reproductive rate of 1.3 for one month, our like, cases would increase by 10 times in the span of one month. So... This is something that we've seen every, every time we've seen holiday gatherings. So that is some of the cases that we're seeing in. Some of the other cases, though, are, are actually secondary transmission following that Easter weekend as well. Um, what I'm hoping is that we start to see early next week, um, once we see that secondary transmission of Easter cases kind of wind its way out, um, and you know, once we um, see the stay-at-home orders start to take effect, I'm hoping next week we either see cases plateau or maybe finally start to drop. So would it, I mean, can you put a number on it? Because people seem to really identify with hearing that daily number and knowing that we're almost uh, at, at the height of uh, the pre-stay-at-home order might provide some comfort. Yeah, well, if you look at how many cases were transmitted Easter weekend, what it basically works out to is every day over Easter weekend, about 5,000 cases were transmitted every day. The issue is we don't simply catch those all on the exact same day. So we're going to start to see those cases, you know, once again, kind of trickle in over this next little bit. But all I can tell you is that over Easter weekend on that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and also Monday, each one of those days, around 5,000 cases of like, COVID-19 were like, transmitted on each of those days. Ryan, I want to get back to our theme here on people 60 and over trying to access the vaccine. What has gone wrong that so many people 60 plus still need to get their first dose? Yeah, so I think the like, booking system is an absolute nightmare. If you look at even what Toronto Public Health has set up, it's a nightmare. They, um, you go onto the website and you're being linked to the like, provincial system for this, um, a you know, health team for this, a hospital for this, a mass immunization clinic for this. It just simply doesn't work. I think, you know, what that seems to be the biggest issue around these vaccines. And it's, it's just so tough to navigate and figure out how to get a vaccine and to sign up for a vaccine. It's, it's just not an easy thing to do. And I think that's why we're seeing some of these areas move on to younger populations you know, thinking that the older populations don't want the vaccine, right. but I think it's a registration issue. Right. That, that's what Dr. Sinha and Dr. Bowman were saying yesterday, exactly that. Let's go back to the phones. Wayne in Mount Horace, Ontario. Where is Mount Horace? Mount Horace is north of Guelph, about an hour. Oh, Mount Forest? 
Yes. Okay, sorry. I had the wrong spelling here. Um, so how has your experience been trying to get a vaccine? Okay, and my wife and I are both in our 70s. She is older. I started the last week in February trying to get into the site. I live in Gray County, which only has uh, two vaccination sites, both three-quarters or an hour away. They use the provincial site. I tried six different times. I would get into it okay. But then when it comes time to pick my date, everything quit. I'm not a computer literate person. So, again, I didn't know if I was doing something wrong or if it was the system. Finally, I gave up. Frustrated, I went to the Mount Forest area, which is Wellington County. I mean, it's only 50 feet across the highway. But the issue was Wellington County uses their own site. And that was somewhat better to work with. We managed to get through into the system okay. We were able to get through and get things recorded. But then when it comes to time to pick the date, again, I was stymied. Oh, no. So, so do you have your system. date? Do you, do you have a we date? Are, we are set up for Monday. Oh, okay. Congratulations. The issue was with Wellington County, I still couldn't pick my date with the computer. We had to make the phone call and... Then somebody called us back half an hour later. Oh, that's good. And we were able to get things set up two weeks ahead. So it's taken six weeks, but we get our needle on Monday. Wow. Wayne, thank you for sharing your story. No problem. Ryan, we're hearing a lot of this. I mean, that's a lot of obstacles to make an appointment. But you know what, though? This is what we're seeing with every single public health unit. We've just given the vaccines to so many different people to implement. We also have announcements happening every day which don't coincide with which groups are actually supposed to be re, uh, receiving uh, priority for the vaccine and that just makes it so much more challenging but if you had that you know central registering system where individuals gave their phone number they gave their information once they're eligible you reach back out to them with a special unique like code you've set aside a time for them the you know faster they can phone in whatever else they can select their time slot, but you have a spot reserved for them. And that way we can also avoid this whole other scenario too about, you know, they're running out of vaccines and this unequal distribution of vaccines amongst different public health units. So you like this idea, Councillor Matlow's idea and others who've backed him for everybody to be able to at least register to then hear back. Oh, it's fantastic because what what you could do is you can even register at three o'clock in the morning if you're having issues during the day because everyone's on there. You can select when you want to register. You enter in that information, and you're not going to have those like time load issues when all of a sudden, you know, for instance, York Region, like tomorrow morning at eight thirty, is opening up like looking for thirteen thousand five hundred spots. It's not going to work. But I mean, we know things like this won't work. We have seen, you know, like online Boxing Day sales. We've seen websites crash. This is what happens when you have one opening, you know, one open time slot and you have literally 50 to 60,000 people trying to get these spots. If you had this system where they signed up first, none of this would happen. Uh, Throughout the program up until one o'clock, you can call in if you're 60 and over and you have not been able to book a first dose of COVID vaccine. We want to hear your stories. Let's go to Murray and Malton. Uh, Murray, what's happening with you? I I got my shot, but uh, I disagree with being able to book a time because uh, the vaccine rollout is uh, uh, we have delivery issues. We have have manufacturers canceling orders. So being able to pick a time slot, I don't think is right. But what I would say is those people that are 60 and over that are having uh, problems getting bookings, if they were to call their local drugstore and ask for the manager, and explain to them that they want to uh, um, give a list to Doug Ford of to how many people are not uh, able to book. <laughs> then maybe Doug Ford would say, okay, well, that drugstore has 10, 15 people. We'll send the Moderna that, that many doses to that particular drugstore. And instead of trying to book through the Ontario system, which a lot of people are having a problem with, 
Okay, thank you for your call, Murray. Um, I do want to ask you, Ryan. Ryan Imgrund is with us, biostatistician Ryan Imgrund. Um, the public health messaging. From what I can see there and hear on the radio, there's been very little on the vaccine. There's been a lot lately on reducing or eliminating social gatherings and the repercussions of not doing so. But there hasn't been a big public health push on the vaccine. Right. And that's exactly it. And I think that's why we're seeing stats. I mean, with Toronto Public Health, they're very like upfront with these stats. We are not seeing, you know, 90% plus of the 80 plus population, 90% plus of the 75 plus population. We are seeing it drop down when it gets, you know, in certain age groups. And then all of a sudden we're moving on to new age groups without doing these other age groups. And I think the reason for that is it's not because we don't, you know, because we have people that, you know, um, are afraid of the vaccines. That's my opinion. I don't think that they are. I think they simply don't know how to book this information. And I think that should be one of the biggest stresses right now is just to make sure that we have the right people booking in. But you're right. There just is not a lot of information. And if you go to some of these public health units websites, it is a mess to be able to figure out how you book a vaccine. I have a difficult time navigating it and I'm used to public health websites, it would be next to impossible for most people to figure out how and when they're able to book into vaccinations. Really, really difficult. Let's talk about it. And I know I only have you here for another couple of minutes. Um, your criticism, of, and you have gone public and social with this, so I do want to ask you about it. Your criticism of York Region's medical officer of health, Dr. Karim Kurji, specifically. Uh, what's going on in your mind uh, with the way he's conducted this whole process? Yeah, so I think he's got an opinion that lockdowns don't work, um, that all businesses should stay open. And what he does is he intentionally not... Ma- manipulates, but, you know, find data that is just odd that you don't use in order to support his narrative. Well, what you're supposed to do is the data is supposed to tell a story. You don't tell a story and then cherry pick data that supports your narrative. We have seen Dr. Kurji doing this for months now. There was a recent media interview that he was on, for instance, it was halfway through March, and he was asking for York Region to go into the orange zone halfway through March, which made no sense because the numbers didn't support that. He had this graph, which he pulled out, which showed cases going down halfway through March. And I can tell you right now, York Region cases were not going down halfway throughout March. What he used is he used the symptom onset of cases and said, look, we only caught a few cases yesterday with the symptom onset of yesterday. Right. Because that legs, you're not going to catch every single case that had a symptom onset of, you know, yesterday within 24 hours. So, I mean, that data was real, but nobody, nobody would use that to show that the cases are going down. That is, it's, it's really, really reprehensible behavior. It's immoral. It's unjust. And that's why I was calling for Dr. Uh, Lakreem Kyrgyz's determination, because as a York Region resident, I don't feel that he's keeping me safe. Hmm. And, and no way to know what his motivation is. Well, we have heard a you know few times he's really against lockdowns. He doesn't feel lockdowns work. Nobody wants a lockdown, but we do know that they work. Right. They should be a last resort. But if that's the case, you should be targeting things that need to be targeted. What we've seen uh, with Dr. Kurji say is, no, oh, no, we're not going to target the businesses because we're doing such fantastic contact tracing. Look, we see cases going down. Look, we see variants going down. And that's not what we see at all. It makes no sense, you know, some of this information which is thrown out there, which once again supports his narrative that lockdowns don't work, that it leads to mental health issues, suicides, and other things like that, which, you know, like granted, a lock- nobody wants a lockdown. But you can't manipulate data in order to have it tell a story that you want to tell based on your opinion. That is, it's, it's wrong. And as a final thought, your advice to older Ontarians on how to access the shot if they're feeling frustrated and challenged and basically blocked from doing so. Yeah, so I would say use the phone and contact your local public health unit. There are some fantastic employees at these local public health units that may be able to guide you. Phone up your pharmacist, phone up your family doctor, see if you can get information that maybe they have access to on how you can book these vaccines. If you have family members that, you know, 
have internet access um, that you know maybe a little bit like quicker who are able to like, get you into the system to help you navigate that reach out to them reach out for help and that is what Ontario is still really really good at is helping out other people and I hope that we can take advantage of how nice we are as Ontarians and we can ensure that those 60 and above get vaccinated because that should be the highest priority right now here in Ontario. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Biostatistician Ryan Imgrund. It's Jane for Libby. We'll take more of your phone calls. You're 60 and over. You have a loved one who's 60 and over. Why has that individual not been able to get a first dose of vaccine? We want to hear your stories. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is back on Monday. We're continuing our discussion on barriers faced by older Ontarians and trying to access the COVID vaccine. Just because you're over 60 does not mean you've been able to get a shot yet. Ontario's Green Party leader joins us now with his perspective. Mike Schreiner, hello. Hi, Jane. It's a pleasure to join you today. Yeah, good to talk to you again. Uh, What barriers do you see facing older Ontarians trying to get the shot? Well, there's so much confusion around how to even register to set up your vaccine appointment. Uh, The premier says one thing and then whatever he says isn't available to people. Um, Not everyone has access to, you know, the right technology, can navigate the complications around uh, the booking system. I'm even hearing reports now of certain people like literally being hired to help folks navigate uh, the vaccine booking system, which to me, makes absolutely no sense. This was exactly why I was arguing months ago that the province should have had a simple-to-use system in place. And I feel for all the people who are struggling to navigate that complex system. Let's go back to the phones. Hope in Coburg, you're having a difficult time booking a vaccine, I I hear, I see. (laughs) Hi, Jane. Uh, Like Margot in Coburg, this is Hope in Coburg with the same problem. Uh, My sister navigated online for herself and her husband, and everything was fine. And I'm 67 with underlying lung condition, and it just keeps bouncing me out. And this morning I tried the 1888 number. Yes. And that poor man said Trenton in June. That's when you could next get an appointment. Yeah. Like Margot's going to Lindsay, they're sending want to send me to Trenton in in June, and I live, I can walk to the center in Coburg. He says there's nothing there. So Mike Schreiner, I mean, this is a combination of an accessibility issue with full eligibility to get a vaccine for Hope. Yeah, Hope, it just it just breaks my heart to hear you tell this story, and it's why I'm getting increasingly frustrated. The, the premier stands there and says, hey, folks, it's easy. It's your fault that you're not getting an appointment when clearly the system isn't working. And there's somehow there's a disconnect from the person on the other end of that phone line. And I feel for that person because I'm sure they're receiving a lot of calls from people like yourself who are understandably should be upset. And um, we just need the government to fix the system to make it easy. When when you're unable to book online, you should have been able to call and given your underlying health conditions as well as your age, you should be able to get you, a, a vaccine that you're eligible to receive right now. Well, it seems to me that Hope, as a resident of Northumberland County, should be able to get a vaccine in Northumberland County. Exactly. Especially what, what, what Hope said she was a block or two away from from the clinic, like yes, I can walk there. <laughs> Even though I'm near blind, I'm I'm don't want to go anywhere else. It's too far. Yeah, and I he, hear you. Hope the man on the phone was very nice and gave me the number for the local health unit, and you call there, and it's just a tape. Oh, really? So Somebody didn't pick up the phone. About okay. COVID information. It's like they they're fed up from picking up the phone. I don't know. Nobody okay. says please hold or. 
Any advice you can give Hope at this point, Mike? Yeah, Hope. So one one advice I would say is um, it shouldn't have to come to this, but I would reach out to your MPP's office. Um, I know my office for residents in Guelph, we're helping uh, people who are struggling to navigate the system. Um, so we're not, you know, MPPs can't and shouldn't be able to, you know, get get special treatment to anyone or any special favors because it needs to be fair and equitable to everyone. Mm -hmm. But MPP offices should be able to help you navigate some of those kinds of uh, complications. And, you know, in defense of your local public health unit, I think a lot of the public health units are overwhelmed because in addition to doing vaccines, they're still doing testing and contact tracing and all that other vital work. And to me, this just highlights why we need to put more resources into public health, which historically is very underfunded in Ontario. Um, I've let Margot go just in the interest of getting more callers on and hearing more of your ideas, Mike. Uh, we're with Green Party leader Mike Schreiner, Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby. You say some of the areas with the lowest rates of positive COVID cases are experiencing the highest vaccination rates. First of all, this is the first we've heard of this. How has this happened? Yeah, I mean, part of the challenge is, is the provinces did not plan for and or pivot to address outbreaks in uh, hotspot areas. And in particular, you're seeing places where you have uh, low-wage essential workers who have to go into vulnerable workplaces is where you're seeing a lot of the outbreaks happening. And that's what's leading to uh, a lot of the community spread. And so one of the things I'm calling for, and the government is starting to do this, but I don't think they're doing it well enough, is to pivot and actually take the vaccines to uh, these communities and in many places take them to the workplaces so we can get these vulnerable, low-wage, essential workers who you know have to go into work, can't work from home, vaccinated so we can get ahead of this virus, which then benefits and helps protect everyone because right now we have to reduce community spread. And most of the outbreaks are happening uh, in in workplaces, you know, where people have to work, you know, fairly close together, like, you know, food processing facilities or uh, warehouses that deliver goods to people. Uh, and so until we get the outbreaks under control in those areas, it's going to be very hard for us to contain community spread. And, and yet we've learned from Dr. Samir Sinha that 90 percent of the COVID deaths since March 1st are people 60 and over. So not to negate the need to to vaccinate essential workers, but there really needs to be an emphasis put back on the older population. Yeah, I agree. So what I've been saying is, is we need to send vaccines out everywhere to target older demographics, and we need to take vaccines uh, to these essential workplaces. One of the one of the challenges I'm seeing, and I'm hearing people even talk about this, is, is even when they say, hey, you know, some of the vaccines are being diverted into hotspot neighborhoods, sometimes people who can work from home but live in one of those hotspot postal codes are getting access to the vaccine because they have access to the technology and they're working from home to sign up and get an appointment. Whereas a lot of the workers who are actually having to go into the workplace, you know, they're, they're on the factory line or they're on the warehouse line and not able to um, actually sign up for the vaccine. So for those vaccines that we're putting into, you know, the areas that are hardest hit by, by COVID, we need to make sure the vaccines are actually going to the most vulnerable people who really need it. Um, and that will benefit all of us. But by all means, we have to continue to keep vaccinating older populations because you're absolutely right, Jane. That's where a disproportionate number of the deaths are. And so for me, it's like we need to focus on vulnerability. Older populations, low-wage essential workers are having to go into vulnerable workplaces. Mike, thanks for your perspective and your time today. Oh, hey, my pleasure. And uh, to everyone out there, uh, please reach out to your local MPP's office if you're having trouble navigating the system, and hopefully they'll be able to help you. Okay. Um, good advice. Thanks again, Mike. Okay. Take care. Bye for now.
Ontario Green Party leader Mike Schreiner here on Fight Back, Zoomer Radio. I want to get to some more of your calls here before we take a break. If you're over 60, I've been asking, why haven't you been able to get your first dose? What challenges are you facing in trying to book an appointment? Let's go to Don in Toronto. Don, you've been waiting a long time. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, li- I'm unhappy I did wait. Thank you, because listening to this is making me sick to my stomach. And I love being Canadian. I love being from Toronto. I just turned 60 last week. Um, I'm computer savvy beyond. It was a challenge to finally book my shot. I got it yesterday. Um, But I have to tell you, I have friends older than me in my area code in the city. They can't access. They can't get it. I have a sister in L.A. uh, Sorry, a brother in L.A., 47. He got it, boom, a month ago. I have a sister in New York, 54. Boom, she got it 10 days ago. Uh, We have been failed. We have been let down. My heart is breaking for people in remote places. I can't hear anymore that the systems are broken. They're broken. Jane, they're broken beyond. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like it. I mean, here in Toronto, I, I got my shot. You've got your shot, um, especially through the pharmacy program. It's. I, I think I've heard a lot of good things about that. But the pharmacies these, are fantastic. Yeah, um, I was able to get on to my pharmacy weeks ago. Uh, this is. I don't know if it's funny or not, but the the vaccine that was offered to me then was the Astra, whatever AstraZeneca. Yeah, thank you. And I was having a little physical issue, and I wasn't sure. And then they called me. I booked it. And then they called me and said, if you don't come by tomorrow at 8 p.m., the government is pulling all this vaccine out. And I went, well, do I really want to come and get something that you're pulling out of here? Like, what? Oh, is that because that was the expiry date? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't given an answer. And I went, yeah, I think I'm just going to wait a little bit. And I did get the Pfizer yesterday. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm vaccinated. I'm happy you're vaccinated. I I hope to God that my fellow Canadians, but it's uh, who even knows if this is going to work. No. Thank you, Don. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate your opinion. Let's go to Carmine in Toronto. What's your story? Carmine, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead with your story. Uh, I had no problems at all getting my vaccine. And I think it's because I didn't use the internet. The if you phone three one one Toronto, they will give you three main numbers. One of them is for booking for the city of Toronto. I can give the numbers if you like. Well, sure. People are are waiting for more information. Anything well, to get the appointment. Well, this is a central number. For anybody in Toronto, and you're given your postal code, and then they'll book with the nearest place to you. The number is 1-833-943-3900. That one is for the city of Toronto. Mm -hmm. They also have, if you want to go to a hospital, they have a main number for all the hospitals. You tell them which hospital you want to go to, and that number is one eight eight. Sorry, one triple eight three eight five nineteen ten. And then there's one for the province, which I didn't bother with because I didn't have very much success with any of the websites for the province. And I'd like to say. The reason that Premier Ford probably says that it's really easy is because he's been told that it's easy. He hasn't actually tried to get on to the Internet and tried it for himself. If he would try it for himself, he would realize that his website doesn't work. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for calling with that information. I guess the bottom line in Toronto, if you're having trouble, call 311 like Carmine. He's 66. He was able to get his shot. We need to take a quick break. And coming up next on Fight Back, and I will really try to get to your phone calls. Otherwise, don't forget, tomorrow is free for all Friday. Coming up next, an example of one person's effort to get adults with accessibility challenges, older adults, to their vaccine appointments. This inspiring story is coming up next.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns on Monday. We're joined now by a woman who has managed to shuttle 2,000 seniors with accessibility challenges to get their COVID vaccines. Shanta Sundarayson is the founder of Pink Cars, and she joins us on the line. Hi, Shanta. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on this good news story. Can you can you tell us how it all began? Sure. Well, um, I'm in York Region, and a couple of days before the rollout started in York Region on the 1st of March, I started to get a couple of frantic phone calls from some of the seniors within my community. They were asking me, you know, how they were going to go about getting an appointment. A lot of them didn't have a computer. They weren't sure if there was going to be a phone number. Um, many did have a computer, but they weren't sure how to get onto the specific website. What did they need to have with them in order to book the appointment? Some were concerned they didn't drive. How were they going to get to and from an appointment? And so on and so forth. And I could hear the anxiety and stress in their voices. And I just thought that I really had to reach out and find a way to help them. So I put my thinking cap on, and this was the Friday before, and within a couple of hours, I decided that I was going to start a site, a website, um, offering help to those that needed it to book their appointments. I was going to come up with a landline, which we have done. So we have a hotline as well. And I also reached out to people in my community to come forward as volunteers to help drive the seniors to and from the vaccination appointments for those that really needed it. So within 72 hours, I had two key volunteers helping me with bookings. And to date, we have about 80 um, volunteers driving seniors to and from their appointments throughout the entire York region. Wow. I know. (laughs) Now, you personally, are you doing this out of the goodness of your heart or is this a business venture? I mean, I I just the amount of time that you're having to dedicate. It's called love. And everybody keeps asking me the same question. Even the seniors, when they call, they say, how much does this cost? Right. I go, love. I don't know what else to say. We're all volunteers. A lot of the vol- people that are volunteering for us are those that have lost jobs because of COVID. Um, as much joy as the seniors that we help get out of the work we do, we also get the same amount of joy by giving back. So, yes, it's all about giving back and helping each other through this crazy time. Are are you being recognized, uh, your efforts, now that you've delivered 2,000 seniors to their appointments? Um, are you in the loop with the Ontario government on this at all? Um, good question. The York region is whom we're working with closer. And the reason being is to book an appointment on the Ontario website, you need to use an OHIP, an OHIP number. Mm-hmm. And I've been advised by the powers that be that collecting such information, there are, there are privacy issues. With the York Region booking sites, we don't need the OHIP card, date of birth and address suffices. So we are doing our level best just to work within York Region and to work with the York Region sites where we don't need to collect OHIP numbers. So it's been made difficult for a lot of people needing help to reach out for help officially. Um, This whole system is a huge mess. If you ask me, there's no way half the people that we help could have ever been able to book themselves an appointment. We're we're hearing a lot of stories today and yesterday from older people who really want a vaccine and because of various barriers, and and this would be one, accessibility as well, are not able or have not to date been able to get their first dose. Um, In terms of being eligible to get a lift from you folks at Pink Cars, the criteria and how to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, No criteria. We... Do it. We, we hope that people reach out to us for a ride because they really need it. Um, because like all our volunteers, you know, they pay their own fuel and everything. So we really want to offer this to people that really need it. But there is no criteria. So long as your vaccination appointment is within York region, because our volunteers live within this designated area. If you have a computer, you can go to www.pinkcars.com. 
www.ca.ca and there is a very simple form to fill out if you need help with booking your appointment or if you just need a ride or if you need both. And if you don't have a computer, we have a hotline. We answer it within 30 seconds or we will return a call in less than an hour. And our phone number is 905-479-8880. So let me get this straight. Pinkcars.ca, 905-479-8880. You can contact uh, Pink Cars even if you don't have an appointment and to get help with an appointment and then to get a ride to the appointment. This is like a gift from God. (laughs) (laughs) Someone called all our volunteers earth angels. So I told them, take on that phrase. (laughs) Well, and what about, because, you know, Zoomers love to give of their time. Their children have grown. Uh, Some people are only working part-time, semi-retired, repurposing. Um, After this interview, I'm sure we're going to get emails from people asking to help with this. Uh, Are you looking for more volunteers? Um, We are looking for a couple of volunteers, uh, but we really are looking for people that can help 24-7. Well, I don't mean 24 hours a day, but have no criteria because it's very hard when people reach out to us to say, oh, we can help Monday, Wednesday, and Friday just for one or two hours. Mm Mm-hmm. If you can help every single day of the week, please go to pinkcars.ca. There's a volunteer tab that you can fill out your information and offer whatever services you'd like. But for driving, really, we'd like to be able to make it easy for our volunteers to just pick up the phone and say, um, you know, Jason or Tom or Sarah, can you do this right today? Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your efforts. I'm going to give out your contact information again. Uh, We really appreciate uh, hearing a good news story during the pandemic. Thank you so much for sharing. And anybody that needs an appointment or a ride, we're here to help. Wonderful. Thank you. Good luck. Stay safe. Bye. Shanta Sandarayson is the founder of Pink Cars. And again, information on how to be assisted or how to assist is at pinkcars.ca. The number is 905-479-8880. Well, thank you for listening today. If you didn't get through, tomorrow is Free For All Friday. Bob Comsick is hosting. Libby will be back on Monday. And I will talk to you tomorrow morning on the Morning Zoom with Sam and Jane. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.